probably should have structured this. I was looking at other stuff. Um, we got clips of the week. We got Ted Cruz uh, taking the microphone. Want to play a little bit of that? Got uh, the the Klobuchar Kavanaugh back and forth over heavy drinking that got that got so over the top that he ended up apologizing for it after the break when he came back to her. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do clips of the week real quick and then move okay. on? Ladies and gentlemen, Joe's taking the bull fun. by the horns. I well, appreciate that. Uh, then we can talk about what we're going to talk about, or we can talk about it. That's what I say. Hmm? He says, talking about it. Uh, let's take a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week. If you saw that slogan at your dentist's office, there's no way you would let him give you anesthesia. It is a matter of news uh, whether she tells her own version of this story or not. We are at a moment where women can speak, but that means we also have to let, when it matters, when it counts, men speak as well. We believe survivors! We believe survivors! God bless you, Kelly! I'm confused why there's so much confusion. And I wish I could help with your confusion, but I too am confused with your confusion, as those yeah. who are watching right now are so confused. Full of nuts. I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. I will always put America first. Just like you, as the leaders of your countries, will always and should always put your countries first. He may have had some, I think, accusations made. Didn't he have a couple of things in his past? George Washington would be voted against 100%. If every American who drinks beer, every American. By the way, on Judge Kavanaugh coming out hot yesterday and in, in his, uh, his, his pretty fiery defense of himself, um, Ben Shapiro tweeted, thinker, podcaster Ben Shapiro, he said, here's the pathetic New York Times editorial board having it both ways. And here's what they wrote. Judge Kavanaugh's defiant fury might be understandable coming from someone who believes himself innocent of the grotesque charges he's facing. Yet it was evidence of an unsettling temperament in a man trying to persuade the nation of his judicial demeanor. Yeah. So which was it? Completely understandable in the face of the charges or evidence of an unsettling temperament? You can't state both in one sentence. Can you? I, I would say at a certain point uh, when you have been assaulted, slandered, etc., if you remain calm and and Christ-like, you're either Christ or there's something wrong with you. Go back and look at uh, Clarence Thomas. By the way, he was he was pretty yeah. strong. He didn't come out of the gate quite as hot as Kavanaugh did, no. but he built up to his hot yeah. a hot a spot about yeah. it being a high tech lynching and everything, uppity black men and whatnot. Right. So the uh, the arguments have continued as they now in the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, debate or discuss or speechify about why they're voting the way they're voting. Yeah, Grassley makes a point, the chair, and then he turns it over to Ted Cruz. We'll give you a little bit of it. Sorry, we will need the audio from the television. Sorry about that, Michael. We hear about fair and open and thorough and everything that I just heard. We heard inference of a political strategy on this side of the aisle not to be fair and uh, thorough. Uh, I have seared in the back of my mind something that was said soon after July the 9th. After the Lusitania sank. I'm sorry, no, that's no, no, not no. fair. That's not fair. He's making a point. Schuber said, that tells me about a political strategy that is carried on here the way it has to delay and delay and delay and delay because he said, I'm going to fight 
Judge Kavanaugh nomination with everything I've got. And it seems like that has happened over the last 90 days. Senator. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. We're living in a divided time. This country is divided right down the middle. There is an enormous amount of anger. There's rage. There's hatred. We see demonstrators screaming at each other, reflecting that rage, reflecting that anger. And I know there are a great many Americans who wish we could and believe we can get back to an environment where we treat each other with civility and decency. Get back to an environment where, yes, we have policy disagreements, we disagree on what the right legislation is to pass, and we even have vigorous debates about what the right policy is. But we do so in a context that respects each other, that doesn't demean the humanity of each other, that doesn't attack the character and drag people through the mud. The politics of personal destruction that we have seen on display in recent days is Washington, D.C. at its very ugliest. And all of us should remember that we're talking about real human beings here. These aren't pawns in a chessboard. These are real people. Dr. Ford has been through hell. The last two weeks, I have no doubt, have been extraordinarily painful for her, for her family. The testimony she gave yesterday was powerful. It was clearly heart-wrenching. It was clear she was hurting and hurting mightily. Having her name made public against her wishes and dragged through the mud was a hurtful thing to do. It's a wrong thing to do. And Judge Kavanaugh, he too has been dragged through the mud for the last two weeks in a way that has no precedent. In our polarized society we live in today, it's almost tribalized. There you go. There you go, the tribalized thing. The thing I was talking about earlier. I, I, I think that something has changed, that we went from being a tribe of Americans, we we're all in the same tribe of Americans, and had differences, and you could argue pretty good about it, but mm. it, ultimately our tribe was America. Yeah. So that has gone away, and our tribe is our parties or ideology or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so we fully, full-on believe the other side is the enemy. Yes. And I don't know, it's a, it's a subtle thing to try to view or understand. I don't know how you get it back, but I do think that's where we are. I do think there's something different. So I wish I could go back in a time machine to the 60s and, and you know, take it in through grown-up eyes or whatever. Yeah. But I just, I just feel like, I, I can't believe that we've always believed that the other side was just this morally repugnant yeah. it as goes, we do now. It goes in cycles, I think. It's it's probably the inevitable end of uh, many years of peace and prosperity. Uh, we just want to separate into tri- tribes, and if there's some cataclysm or or war or some major change to the the world, uh, the landscape, we will come together again. 
and uh, then sooner or later we will devolve into tribes again. Everybody says that's inevitable. In, everybody says that, including us. So the cure for this problem is something so horrific, either economically or militarily, that we come together, which isn't exactly you know a peach to live through either. No, it would probably have to be really awful and for a sustained period, like a World War II or the Great Depression or something Some, like that. Yeah. Yeah. To become it, Americans first, and then we disagree over policies. Well, and I would also argue, kind of in uh, you know, uh, contrary to my previously stated opinion, it could be that the tools of disseminating um, hatred and misinformation are now so effective and easily used that um, it's going to make it harder to come together. Those who profit on division are very, very good at their jobs. Uh, I would say, look to the. Uh, uh, to the hearing, look to Washington, D.C. Uh, so I wonder, I wonder. Do you think it's that far-fetched that at some point we end up with <clears throat> armed militias on either side who are so convinced that the other side is just evil? They are evil that that we're willing to kill each other over it in in, in any mini or maxi civil war type situation. Uh, I think mini, probably. I think the institutions and and we the people will come together and say that's enough of that. Um, but I think it's inevitable it'll exist on some level. It's just heading in that direction in a big hurry. Because just going through the social media, the different sides see the other side as evil. And it doesn't seem like it's just talk to me, like it's just, you know, positioning. Mm-hmm. Actually believe that, that yeah. there, there's nothing redeemable in that other side. I know people like that. I know plenty of people yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And you get enough of them on both sides and get them in a room, they're going to kill each other. You see it happening all over the world. And you look at it from afar and you think, you're almost exactly the same religion. You're the same color. You speak the same language. You've all lived in the same part of the earth for a thousand years. And same lifestyle, same wealth. And you're killing each other. Right. Weird <clears throat> to look at it from afar, but I'm getting closer to understanding how it happens. Right. Right. Just going through the social media yesterday. Yeah. Um, I thought the argument with uh, one senator about with Kavanaugh about drinking and how much and blackouts was pretty good. He actually ended up coming back and apologizing for it later, so we could get into that if you want. Or not. We could also do school lunches. I he used to do that on the radio. So. He didn't throw a beer in her face, did he? <laughs> I've had enough of you. Crap. No, that did not happen. What actually did happen, though, we'll have it for you next. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Have you... I don't know if it's boofed or boofed. How do you pronounce that? That refers to flatulence. We were 16. Okay. (laughs) And so when uh, your friend Mark Judge said the same, put the same thing in his yearbook page back to you, he had the same meaning. It was flatulence. I don't know what he did, but that's my recollection. We want to talk about flatulence at age 16 on a yearbook page. I'm, I'm game. That, uh, uh, according to the, the, the other side, that, that, that sees him as, as evil personified, believes that was an outright lie, clearly a lie, that that was talking about uh, sex with girls. 
All right. And, they spent uh, a hell of a lot of time on the high school yearbook of 16-year-olds. <laughs> Flatulence. Hard fart primary. And I'm F, 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 F. What does that refer to? How's our buddy who, whenever he said the F word, would go, and then he'd say it. Do you want to talk more about the yearbook? That was embarrassing. <laughs> I'm of the party that I don't believe boofed was a reference to flatulence. The Devil's Triangle is not a drinking game. And uh, the Ralph Club is not a reference to a, a spicy stomach reaction. What's the the Ralph Club? I didn't see that part. Well, we'll get into you that can. later, man. Uh, yeah, the yearbook stuff. Um, what do you? Uh, th- oh, never mind. None of that means I. I don't. Th- none of that is proof that he shouldn't be there. But I. I do not believe that those his definitions of those things were accurate. Based on your knowledge of, uh, of thirty six years ago, yeah. uh, slang in D.C. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to reading your book. The uh, the problem with that is. So you believe, as uh, one of the senators pointed out yesterday, that if you lie about anything, you have to throw out all the testimony, as they do in court. Mm-hmm. So they're going with it. If he's well, lying about, yeah. if he's lying about what the definitions were in his yearbook, which I don't know how he would nail down, but if he's lying about that, then he's lying about everything. That's the argument. So back to the drinking part, because I wanted to get this on, because I thought this was quite the exchange of the day. And at, at, uh, after the break, Mr. Kavanaugh actually came back and apologized. This is with uh, one of the senators questioning him on his drinking. So most people have done some drinking in high school and college. um, And many people even struggle with alcoholism and binge drinking. Um, My own dad struggled with alcoholism most of his life. And uh, he got in trouble for it. And there were consequences. Uh, He is still in AA at age 90. And he's sober. Uh, And in his words, he was pursued by grace, and that's how he got through this. So in your case, uh, you have said um, here and other places that you never drank so much uh, that you didn't remember what happened. But yet we have heard, not under oath, but we have heard your college roommate say that you did drink frequently. These are in news reports uh, that you would sometimes be belligerent. Another classmate said, it's not credible for you to say you didn't have memory lapses. So drinking is one thing. I, don't th- but- I, I actually don't think that's the second quote's correct. On the first quote, if you want to, I, I provided some material that's still redacted about the situation with the freshman year roommate. And I don't really want to repeat that in a public hearing. But just so you know, there were three people in a room. Dave White. Jamie Roach and me, and it was a contentious situation where Jamie did not like Dave White. I was at all, and I mean this. Okay, I could, so, Dave, I just, so Dave White came back from from home one weekend, and Jamie Roach had moved all his furniture okay, okay. out into the out into the courtyard. Okay, and so he walks in, and so that's your source on that. Okay. So there's some so old drinking is one thing, and, there, and there's much more. Yeah. Look at the redacted port portion okay. of what I said. I don't want to repeat All that right. in a public hearing. I will. I will. Re- Could I just ask one more question? Redacted information about that. Okay, drinking is one thing, but the concern is about truthfulness. And in your written testimony, you said sometimes you had too many drinks. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before? No, I, I, no, I remember what happened. And I think you've probably had beers, Senator, and, and so... So I, you're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened? That's You're asking about, yeah, blackout. I don't know, have you? Could you answer the question, Judge? I just... So 
you have, that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm curious if you have. I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, nor do I. Okay, thank you. And so after the break, and I would, uh, when I heard that, I thought, I'm not sure that's the best way to handle that. Probably not helpful. <laughs> that's what I thought, and he yeah. apparently thought so too when he came back after the break. I am ready. And can I say one thing? Yes. Just going to say, I uh, started my last colloquy by saying to Senator Klobuchar how much I respect her and respected what she did at the last hearing. And she asked me a question at the end that I responded by asking her a question. And I didn't, sorry, I did that. This is a tough process. I'm sorry about that. I appreciate that. I, I would like to. So, fair enough. That's the way adults behave. Some. Man, so you're getting into the, you, there's three of you living in a room. Two of you apparently got into a beef, I'm guessing, over a girl in some fashion. That's, that causes a lot of problems. Or, or just roommate bickering. I mean, could that be could that. be anything. But anyway, while one of them was gone, the other one moved all his stuff out into the parking lot. Ah, time honored. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I would like to read the redacted part. It's probably very interesting. Yeah. He slept with his girlfriend or something like that. These things happen. I can't imagine, though, trying to lay that out in, a, in, a, in, in the bright lights with senators asking me questions from that many years ago. It would just seem so weird. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time a friend made a specific reference to not being able to remember what had happened the night before, and I thought that was one of the most extraordinary things I'd ever heard. It shocked me at the really? time. Really? Yeah. You just get used because to of the it. way my brain works. What's that? <laughs> you get used to yeah. it. Yeah. I just I couldn't conceive of that. Um and I know other people who who don't have to drink very much and it's all a blur, a complete blur. Right. Um it's just different people's brains work the different different ways. I I also remember it was gosh, how long ago was that? Uh I was probably in my late 30s and uh and got got too drunk and um and that happened to me for the first time. And it absolutely terrified me. And it probably I, should. Yeah. Well, and I <laughs> and I, I made a rather significant life change uh, the next day, which has stuck with me to this day. Switched from red wine to white wine. Uh, That's what no. most people do. No, indeed. Got to make sure I've got a full stomach next time. Uh, so, but yeah, the idea that you know somebody saying, "Yeah, I saw him drunk a couple of times, like pretty drunk a couple." So the idea that he. He never forgot what he did. Is just not credible. That's. I'm sorry. You do not have nearly anything close to proof. Mm. It's not a compelling argument. Different people's brains work different ways. So what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got Ted Cruz on the tribalization of American politics. It turns out Deputy DA Rosenstein's being summoned to Congress and a dramatic and drastic way to lose weight. Coming up. God, are we going to go back to Russia investigation next week? Is that the way the arc of this thing goes? Back to Rosenstein and meeting with Trump. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can do it. Don't know if I can do it. Anybody up for a nine-day weekend? <laughs> God dang it. Seriously. The relentlessness of the of the controversy and the who's lying and who's not. It's just... Okay, Marshall's got his news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Admit, maybe I'm just tired, but I'm of a mind that it's all over. He's gonna get here in about uh, an hour. 
out of committee. Then they're going to confirm him in the next couple of days, and it's done, and he's on the Supreme Court, and people will debate it for the next 30 years of his life. But whatever, it's over, and I'd like to move on with my life. But that said, Cory Booker has just taken the microphone, and that's getting a little fiery, so we'll play that for you coming up in a little bit, I guess. Here's the news now with Marsha Phillips. As Jack mentioned, efforts by Senate Republicans to get Brett Kavanaugh confirmed to the Supreme Court, gaining speed. Vote by the Judiciary Committee set for 1030 this morning. Emotions running high on Capitol Hill. Two tearful women confronted retiring Arizona Republican Senator Jeff Flake in an elevator over his decision to support Kavanaugh's nomination. You're allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions and willing to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women, and end. Kavanaugh during that? that encounter. A couple of women who were upset about okay. the Kavanaugh's okay. support. Okay. She's, or, uh, they're the people like screaming support. at him in the, the elevator. Yeah, and he's trying to close the door, and they're still yelling at him. An example. That not only Ms. Ford's uh, story is clearly true, but the other two. The the gang rape woman and right. the, the drinking game I was on the floor drunk woman. Right. Taking those completely as true. Okay. This is an example of what Senator Ted Cruz was talking about during this morning's uh, committee hearings, saying we're living in a divided time with people shouting at one another all the time. And Cruz says the way the Kavanaugh nomination was played out is Washington, D.C. at its very ugliest, with Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh's names being dragged through the mud and no clear resolution for many. In our polarized society we live in today, it's almost tribalized. Where half of us wear one team's jersey, the other half wear the other team's jersey. And everything we see, we see through the lens of our jersey. So it would not surprise me if across the country, a significant percentage of those on the Democratic side of the aisle saw yesterday's testimony and concluded he must be guilty. And it would not surprise me if a very significant percentage of those on the Republican side of the aisle saw yesterday's testimony, the same testimony, and concluded he must be innocent. That's what I've been saying. Uh, yep. uh, and to add on something, uh, Sean, during the commercials, uh, came across a tweet that made eh, an allegation. That tweet's since been deleted. I, I don't think there's yeah, anything Yeah, it sounded there. like horse crap yeah. from the beginning. But I, I will tell you this. I've had conservative friends send me, quote-unquote, information and facts about all this that I know to be false because I've researched them. Um, at the same time, you have a lot of stuff being immediately believed from the other side, the left side, that is complete horse crap. But it sounds exciting and, and further hardens people in their opinions. And let's never forget that Father Russia, Mother Russia, oh, is, yeah. is tweeting a lot yeah. of this stuff and How spreading a lot of his stuff. Trying that to help particularly. Us, trying to Perhaps, help us yeah. hate each other. Yeah, dang it. So you got those who, who profit from division domestically. And I'll give you a hint. They've either got R's or D's next to their names. And foreign influences trying to get us to hate each other. Quit going along with it. Well, you start yeah. you start with if you had everybody was Jesus involved, it'd be very hard to figure out who's who's telling the truth here. The right. Bible. Well, and even Jesus got pr- plenty angry at the money changers in the temple. I mean, after a while. But if we were all being sober-minded nonpartisans, right. you'd still be really hard with those two people to figure out what's happening. Oh yeah. You throw in everything else in Russia. Holy cow! What a stew of. Uh, problem that is yeah washington post is reporting that house republicans are calling deputy attorney general rod rosenstein back to capitol hill and they say they will subpoena him if he doesn't show 
Representative Mark Meadows rather tweeting today, There was an agreement with the GOP leadership to summon Rosenstein so he can explain his alleged comment on wiring POTUS, as well as other inconsistent statements. Rosenstein's meeting with President Trump, by the way, has been pushed off to next week. That meeting to discuss Rosenstein's future with the DOJ. You know what I get to get past is in the back of my mind, I keep feeling like we're almost through this. We're almost done with this. Yeah. And we're not. This is never going to end, is it? It's never going to end. No. No. Some people think it'll end if Trump leaves office, but I don't think it actually will. I think we've, we've become a different thing, as we saw yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and we're gonna be we're gonna be controversy and at each other's throats for quite a while now. So I might as well just get you know girded up for it. Some weapons, some good weapons, a mace, a club of some sort with the spikes in the end. Well, yeah. and a colorful costume that appears yes. to be a, a requirement yeah. as well. Yeah. University of Michigan researchers are saying the signal from your brain telling you you're full, so you should stop eating, is weaker than the signal that says just. Keep going. Wow, I'm yeah, glad they did it. the research on that. <laughs> wow, there's a breakthrough. I've, I've never experienced that before. Well, this week, I'm full, but I'm still eating. Amazing. The, Signed, Groaning Joe. They find that this weakness <laughs> in the... Pants unbuttoned Jack. <laughs> this weakness can obviously easily lead to weight gain, but the researchers have come up with a drug that could help those who eat yes. too much. Yes, give it to me. Give the- me liberal doses of it. What, do I swallow it, inject it, put it up me? Is it a suppository? I don't, I don't care. The drug is naloxone, more commonly known as a drug used to block the effects of a heroin overdose. Yes. The researchers oh, say... Wait a, wait a minute. Need a slogan. Take naloxone when you can't get your socks on. How do you think of that? Naloxone reported... Start. Naloxone reportedly sends a stop sign to your brain, therefore helping you cut down on the amount you feel you need to eat, even after you know your stomach is full. Boy, and if you've overeaten and you're dead of a heroin overdose, I mean, this is clearly the drug to take. (laughs) There you go. Latest research for you, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, squawky. Will we ever heal these wounds? The eating when you're already full. Yep. There's one thing I could stop about my eating and be that one. I go through periods where I don't. I, I, I just stop when I'm just like even slightly yep. full, right. and I feel so much better. And right. for the rest of the the, the day or night, see or whatever. how little you can eat and be satisfied. But that's hard, man, because that signal Marshall was yeah. talking about. Yeah. It's loud. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's a loud signal. Yes. There's still food on the plate, mm. and it's delicious. You love it. You know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear Cory Booker? He's very angry. Yeah, we'll give him a couple minutes. He's a big friggin' phony, in my opinion. But... Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Booker um, is um, a guy who wants to run for president. He's a Democrat. He's pretty strident. He's willing to go very far. So he's getting some attention as he has just taken the microphone and his explanation of why he's going to vote no today. 
Let's hear a little bit of that. Mr. Chairman, um, this has been a, a, a obviously my first process, my first time through a Supreme Court nomination process. I fought for years to be on this committee. It's the one I wanted to be on uh, as soon as I got to the United States Senate in 2013. I made you aware of that, sir, and the ranking member. And it has been a, a, an incredible experience, a lifetime dream to be a part of this committee. And, sir, I have a lot of respect for you. Some people have, have even on my side of the aisle have even criticized me for the affection with which I have for you, sir. You have been a partner. And there's something about the four most senior members of this committee, you all, uh, Senator Hatch, uh, yourself, Senator Grassley, Senator Leahy, uh, Senator Feinstein, in many ways you all have been anchors in this entire institution to a time where the comedy was deeper and greater and have resisted in many ways that I, that I find admirable the, the drift towards tribalism within our country and within this vaunted institution. When a Supreme Court vacancy happened, I was one of those individuals that did not wait long before I announced my intentions to vote against Judge Kavanaugh. And sir, I did it for sincerely and deeply held beliefs. I did it because I, I felt that this was a person that had made it clear in that entire list of people prepared by the Federalist Society and the Heritage Foundation that this was a guy that spoke directly towards a view of presidential power, presidential immunities, that in this perilous time where a president is a subject of a criminal investigation, that he was going to protect that president and said as much. Make sure that the president was above the law and accountability. I don't think that's a fair characterization. <laughs> no, no, no. Rather, um, so is Cory Booker. The, he is he the one that uh, Kavanaugh was referring to when he said uh, a, a member of this panel called me evil. Yeah, and that he, anybody who supported him was complicit in evil. Well, that's a heck of a thing to say. Let me hear a little more of what he has, sir. I, I've learned a lot. I, I'm one of the guys that on this side of the the aisle, when my colleagues speak on the other side of the aisle, I listen. I try to give them my full attention. And I don't always agree, but I, I've learned a lot from my colleagues. And my friendships on the other side of the aisle, my sincere friendships, there's been times during these hearings I've texted back and forth with people on the other side of the aisle. I, I respect them. Including poop emojis. And I fought hard during this process. I've given it everything I've got. I, I've learned that, heck, going back to being a football player. That between the whistles, you fight as hard as you can for what you believe. And if you want to call that partisanship, fine. I've been exuberant in my beliefs. And I've learned a lot through this process. <laughs> Some of my comments have been referenced numerous times. And I know that... I know that... I have not been as precise and allowed my comments to be mischaracterized. Hmm. And I don't blame those people who've mischaracterized some of my comments. I, I take responsibility and have learned to be more precise. And I talk oh. to these issues and I talk to my values as much as I can. I travel around this country. So that's a guy feels like maybe saying evil was going too far. 
I think he realized he'd become more attack dog and less statesman than he wants to come off as. As a guy who wants to run for president. Right. Um, you know, and maybe that was calculated and, and the rest of it. But, uh, you know, I found that to be a manly uh, confession in its way. Mm-hmm. By the way, there are plenty of people on the right uh, c- calling uh, uh, Cory Booker a child molester. I've heard that. What are the details on that? Uh, he somewhat forcibly, well, I'll quote him. I don't know if this is from his book, but after having my hand pushed away once, I reached my mark. He kept trying to feel up this girl. Our groping ended soon while no relationship ensued, a friendship did. You see, the next week in school, she told me that she was drunk that night and didn't really know what she was doing, so he forcibly groped an unintoxicated woman, a young woman in high school. Okay, under 18, both of them. Right. Yeah, I, I'm... That's never happened, by the way. This is the first time that's ever happened. That should be documented. Because that has never happened where a, a guy and a girl were having a couple of drinks and he's he's reaching for it and she's pushing his hand away and then ultimately he decides she doesn't want that, so stops. That never happens. And so nobody's ever lived through that. And probably nobody listening here has ever been in that situation. And, and for the umpteenth time, while I am unapologetic about my beliefs and will advocate them as forcefully as I know how for the rest of my career, I will tell you this. I'm not going to condemn Cory Booker for being a no, rude, no, stupid no. idiot who went too far with a girl who who slapped his hand and, and, and told him, get the hell away. It's it's bad. It's rude. I've taught my son. I've taught the kids, the men, the young men I've coached to teach or to treat rather women with respect. But no, I don't think the fact that he did that when he was 16, 17 years old somehow indicts the adult Cory Booker. I'm not going there. Wow. So I saw on Fox, a host on Fox last night, say uh, Tucker Carlson say, the only molester, known admitted molester, in the room was Cory Booker. That's eh, a little. That's I could see making that pitch given the tenor of the comments from the left. Um, but I would only do it ironically because I again, it, 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 you know, the number of women in my real life who said, "Oh my God, I got groped like that ten times in high school, and I'm fine." And it, it's rude and it's bad, and you teach your sons not to do that, and by God, you teach your your daughters to not put up with it for a second. But the idea that in, that indicts the fifty-something-year-old uh, Cory Booker or whomever is ridiculous. Got to been searching through the text line. Apparently, a woman sent a picture of her who wants to date Marshall, and I can't find it. Yes, can't no, find it. I'll resend keep, it. I'll keep looking for. It. Yeah, resend it. Wow, woman who wants to date Marshall. Got to get them together. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's <laughs> your host, Joe Getty. Keep them tight, because I got a good one. Michelangelo, final th- uh, thought, please. Uh, yeah, if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed, he's going to celebrate by drinking a beer. Budweiser should use him in an endorsement. Oh, boy. That would not <laughs> help anything, Michael. <laughs> Marsha Phillips, final thought. Arm twisting and hand wringing continuing over the weekend over the uh, Kavanaugh nomination. I will be taking a time out Saturday for something that Jack just complicated, a fourth date with the woman I'm <laughs> acting as a stop-smoking coach with. Hey, you got to tell her there's another party looking at this car. Market forces <laughs> at work. Right. Yes. Yes. right. Positive Sean, our market analyst. Yes. Final thought. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to unplugging from the news for 48 hours. Oh, I'm going amen. to love this weekend. Amen. Jack, what's your final thought? I like Michael's sinking. So you do a Miller Lite commercial. You get Kavanaugh on a couch with Ford. Oh, Lord. He, they're drinking beer. He says test tastes great. She says less feel- filling. They get into less an argument. Less feeling? Is that what you said? <laughs> tastes <laughs> great. <laughs> less filling. It'd be a good beer ad. It'd be edgy. All right, here's my defense. Here is my defense. I never have any idea what the date is. I just don't. 
talking to my mom and dad at length yesterday about my mom's birthday present that I'm getting for her. Not realizing yesterday was my dad's birthday. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I am an idiot. Wow. I am an idiot. That just makes you a bad person. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, uh, Mr. Chairman, the committee is ready to vote on Joe Getty being a bad person. I yield the rest of my time to people who'd like to berate me. Tastes great. Less feeling. Oh, huh? no, not. No, no too no, soon. No, too no, way too. too yeah, that. Quick. Too irreverent. Quick. Cue Led Zeppelin. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You have thoughts you want to share? Armstrong, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. So next week, we'll get back to the comforting place of the Russia investigation. and. <laughs> Rosenstein and fake news. Whether or not he wore a wire in the White House. Oh, my God. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.